Today's episode of Bachelor Party is brought to you by State Farm. Like anyone looking for the right partner, you want someone you can count on, someone that's dependable, understanding, someone that'll tell it to you straight. When it comes to insurance, State Farm deserves a rose. They're always there when you need them. File a claim day or night with their app, which was awarded Best Insurance Mobile App 2019. Plus, they're great listeners. With 19,000 local agents, they get to know the real you, so they'll help you choose coverage that's personal, not some cookie-cutter policy. So go out and get the one you deserve. Get State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get a quote or find an agent at statefarm.com. Today's episode of Bachelor Party on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by the World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A., and they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. We're trying to raise $250,000, and if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. And now, let's pod. Welcome to The Right Reasons. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. I just feel it's important to note that like it's after 10 p.m. we're podcasting. I, I don't know is why. It? It's just like, yeah, I feel like it is. It's like things are going to get loose. It's after 10 p.m. It is. And I like it because the challenge I like to you. You are just so well respected in this industry, in this ecosystem, in this world that you get links yeah, man. Screener life. Screener life. You're screener gang. And I just like to I like to, to watch it the same way that people that listen to this podcast watch it on DVR after a couple of cocktails in quarantine. OK, I thought you were watching on DVR. Thanks for clarifying. We're going to talk about the challenge. We're going to talk about Vanderpump. But I had a couple of things I wanted to mention first. First of okay. all, Jacoby, happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Had a quarantine so, birthday. It was lovely. You're so welcome. How was yeah. it? Yeah. Birthday in quarantine. Um. The main thing being quarantined in a Manhattan apartment with three children is I just looked at my wife and I was like, I'm just not going to talk to these children all day. Like all I want is just not have to be responsible for these little human beings and their disgusting, disrespectful asses. And she was <laughs> like, cool, got it. So she made me breakfast. I slept until 10 a.m. Wow. And then I had breakfast with the kids. It was Sunday. So we hit around some uh, little Sunday chocolates and Easter stuff around the house. They oh, looked at that. Cool. It's like, I don't know how to play the Easter Bunny. Like, Santa Claus has got a whole myth and legend. And it's like a thing. And like, I know I'm supposed to lie about it. But they had a lot of follow-up questions about the Easter Bunny. And I'm just like, I don't got the energy for this twice a year. Like, I don't know anything about these. got no backstory. <laughs> there's no origin story. And honestly, they're asking all these follow-up questions. And I'm just like, I looked at my wife. I'm like, do we have to fake this? Like, is this like Christmas where I have to fake this? I understand that you don't celebrate these holidays, but you're familiar with them. So I'm I ask you, like... With- yeah. I, the Easter Bunny, I don't get if it. If I put 90% of my energy into like them thinking that Santa Claus is real, how much percent of my energy do I have to put into them thinking Easter Bunny is a real bunny that crawls around the house and lays eggs? 
I'm just not qualified to answer this question. I don't understand the Easter Bunny. I I don't really get it. I think Jewish people understand Christmas a lot better than they understand Easter, though both are timed with Jewish events as well. Mm-hmm. But like, I I just don't know. I I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel comfortable answering because I don't want to be disrespectful to the Easter to Easter or the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Listen, I will disrespect the Easter Bunny. Get out of my house, bro. And I'm trying to keep the candy out of my kids. You know what I mean? I'm trying to give drop some carrots. I thought I thought they liked lettuce and carrots. Make a salad, Easter Bunny. Come on, bro. But you know what? One thing I do, I will give the Easter Bunny though. Great color palette, you know? Yes. Love the pastels. <laughs> love a pastel color palette. Shout out to the Easter Bunny also, for that. You know what? I take it back. Easter Bunny, I'm back in. I'm back in. Love an Easter candy. I mean, I'm I'm great with that. Uh anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge your birthday as you did for mine. So happy Thank birthday, you. buddy. It. Um, number two, since we're just like running back this whole right reason situation, uh, I just wanted to mention that right before this podcast, as you were watching the challenge, I was watching Survivor and I cried alone here in my oh, apartment. Great, great. It, it was the family challenge and everyone's family got to come and it was like everyone's spouses, but also their kids. And then like the people who were like on exile Island or whatever, they also had their families come. It was just like all family. And then there was no challenge. The family's just there to hang out. There wasn't even like a reward challenge or whatever. And I I understand why this made you cry and why you love this. Cause the people that listen to this podcast for a while know that just Juliet is not just a fan of reality television. She's more of a fan of interhuman relationships. Yeah. And when, yes, you, exactly. and when you suspend one the way Survivor does, and then you starve those people, and then you see just how happy they are to see the people that annoy them the most in the world. If no one annoys you more than your family, you know what I mean? But like, no when, one. You, when, Literally when you're no deprived one. of that, you would give nothing except to be annoyed by those people that are closest to you. Yeah. And I'm here like on day, I'm like verging on day four of interacting with no one that I know. So I'm just like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. People that know other people are on yeah. my screen in my home where I am alone. Yeah. It was just really, it was really emotional and beautiful. It's been a great season of Survivor. Uh, we're recapping it on Ringer Dish. It's, I recommend, it's still just a great show. So anyway, I just thought, well, we, you know, we get I to, to celebrate that. Jay from Survivor later on in this podcast when we discuss the challenge. We sure do. Uh, that's a great segue. We're not into the challenge, but let's just talk about Vanderpump. Great episode this week. Really enjoyed great episode. it. Great episode. They've they've really picked it up from the beginning of the season. There was a part, and I could hear in your voice, we never discussed it, where you were ready to abandon ship on this very I was podcast. not going to abandon ship, but I was disappointed. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Was, you don't have to say I, it. You're not going to admit it. You'll never admit it, but I know your heart. I know your soul. You don't I, don't. I don't care about the words that come out of your mouth. I know what you feel, and you felt like, man, I really wish Jacoby and I started this in a different season so we could <laughs> get a little momentum as we build into the season. But you know what? I never gave up on us like you did, and I'm happy that we're still here. You're such a jerk. It's unbelievable. I would never abandon you, nor would I ever abandon Vanderpump Rules in the middle of a season. Maybe I would like be like, okay, I'm done here. Like, I kind of quit some real house. I quit the Real Housewives of Orange County. I was just like, I'm done here. Too trashy. But I would never do that to Vanderpump. And I would certainly never do that to you. But you want to know what? It doesn't even matter because now the show is good again. I really like this week. Um, I really like this we week, too. To- and also, we haven't discussed Real Housewives of New York being back, but I don't know now is the appropriate time. But it's something that's part of my life. Oh my God. I'm so happy to hear that. I bet you're really in on Leah. You like Leah? I know, don't know her personally, but like we've got mutual friends and she's like someone oh who was known. Like Married to the Mob was like a thing. Yeah, That's her, it was like, a thing. Brand. Like that was a real thing. Like I remember going to their blog and reading stuff and like looking at their clothes. Like, like they were hot for a while there in like the early aughts, mid aughts. She was also a millionaire matchmaker too. We're, we're, we're derailing this. I'm derailing. We're derailing. This. We'll talk Housewives of New York next week because okay. we, I'm very excited. Also, Beverly Hills Housewives are back this week. It's it's a boom time in reality TV. Oh, but yeah. this week on Vanderpump, Tom and Katie ran it back. 
If you felt that you didn't get enough wedding material this season of Vanderpump or from Tom and Katie, who got married on the show three years ago, great news. They did it again. And Tom Schwartz does not learn any lessons. It's actually insane. I I don't think you could pay me to be married to Tom Schwartz. I've officially decided that I'd rather be married to Tom Sandoval. Oh, Juliet, you fell for that? Yeah. You fell for it? For what? The, like, I lost the wedding. He did. Thing. No he way. did. I, yeah, this is what happened. I went to his Instagram. Uh, I was about I to say, all, this can't all be real. Information. Because, so he, let me just tell you my perspective, because I don't do the Instagram sleuthing that you do. It didn't appear as a storyline in the next time on, because they ended the episode with him being like, I lost the, the paperwork that was the exclusive reason that, that we all are here. This paperwork, so because I lost paperwork last time. But when they, they, they ended this episode with that, and I was like, all right, I will find out if this is fake or real in the next next time on and then the next time on there was no mention so i assumed there was just a prank to get her back for the prank that she played on him with the bra it wasn't a prank what happened is it was like the piece of paper he was given was like the carbon copy it's like when you sign something you get the bottom cut you like the the top copy goes to like official and bottom goes to you he lost the like carbon copy so it wasn't that big of a deal but he did in fact lose it he was like yeah i lost it unbelievable it's it actually is ridiculous. I would have I've now decided I would have a hard time being friends with Tom Schwartz. I just hate people who are not held accountable and don't hold themselves accountable and feel no right. personal accountability. Well, first of all, as an unaccountable, irresponsible, and completely incompetent husband, at some point it's no longer my fault. You know what I mean? You're not like that. You're not like that. Like it's like a bit. You're not like no, that. Don't no, pretend. It's a bit. It's a bit. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. out. But but like but I'm just trying to just trying to ride for my guy, trying to ride for my guy T Schwartz because I slated I said that he wasn't as good looking as Sandoval and the internet proved me wrong. But I do want to say that like it is like who gave him that responsibility and all those people around him have known him for a decade and know that he's not capable of handling that responsibility. So is it really his fault? You have to ask that. I don't. You're let, such a. T- this is what Tom Schwartz let, would do. I don't let my four year old daughter cut the pizza that we made tonight with a big knife because she'll cut her finger off. She can't handle that responsibility. So whoever decided that Tom Schwartz should be the person who handles this document, it's probably their fault. Back this on is you. like This is like a classic Tom Schwartz argument. This is what he did to Katie when they had their big fight, when he said he's never been less attracted to anyone and he, she grossed him out. Like, don't turn it around on her. It's like her fault for like taking the responsibility away from him. He's an adult. He should be able to handle it. I'm just really over Schwartz, but nonetheless, it was a great episode. So great episode. Great episode. <laughs> um, I have some more questions about their jaunt to Vegas. My <laughs> primary question about it. Why did Lisa like act or actually pay for all of their like accommodations? Like she was like, yes, I'll be paying for the flight. And they flew, they flew private with her. And then they stayed in Caesars where they obviously all got a deal. I don't think Lisa had to pay for that. But like, I just don't understand why it was like part of the bit was at Lisa's paying for their second wedding. I think Lisa, Lisa's whole existence at this wedding is kind of like, I'm upset with you for making me officiate your wedding. That's why I'm here because I feel legally responsible as the person that married you, that you follow through with this. So you're dragging me to Vegas to go to the Caesars where she has a bar where I am sure with one email to an assistant, she can get a block of rooms in in like two dozen rooms. This with an email, right? I'm sure she can get that. Absolutely. 
no shortage of hotel rooms in Las Vegas that are owned by like the network of Caesars Casino. So the hotel room's easy, and the the flight it's probably just to get them on the same pl- flight. It, it it behooves Bravo to be able to film on oh, it to private. So like I'm sure Bravo and her with some sort of split. Or Bravo just foot the whole thing. It's a very short flight, not too much gas, which is the expensive part of private jets, which I know from talking to rich people, not my personal experience. And I was about to say, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to imply that I've done this, but no. it's like definitely not that expensive to fly private from LA to Vegas. But you're saying not that expensive. It's still like five figures. It's probably like 10,000 I'm going to throw at it. Like that's expensive. You know what I mean? For a 45 minute flight. Just buy out a JetSuite X flight and then you're good to go. Like that would be the smart thing to do. Can I do a quick aside? Of course. Give me 20 seconds. Set the clock, Kaya. Go. I did some research with my wife, and with like three weeks prior planning, you can take an Uber helicopter right by my job to JFK. Guess the number. Just guess the number right now. $2,700. Five passengers, one fee. Guess the number again. $350. Lower. What? $225. Lower. $150? Yeah, it's like 150. Oh my god! Five people. You have to like okay, well, plan super far ahead of time. It's like off peak hours and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I've got five people in my family. I work right there. Like, this is this this is now not like this is now not crazy talk to take the helicopter there. But especially I, because I, it's only it's only it's only double what a, a cab is from Manhattan to JFK. Just saying. Well, don't forget this post post Kobe pricing. But I was about to say, it's now the time soon? to take a helicopter. Am I allowed to? Yeah. Me, yeah. Can I make COVID jokes? I can do that, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. know him. It's coronavirus. We're a few months out. It's after 10 p.m. Yeah. Go for it. Whatever. Yeah. Kobe, huge Whatever. loser for this whole coronavirus thing. Huge loser. Absolutely. The legacy Absolutely. of Kobe Bryant, which is just not, it's not, it's going to hit different after all this. I feel, you know what? And I actually do feel bad. This is a weird thing to say, but like, I feel bad for like his family and like, I do too. Like the basketball world that he didn't get the finals and the, the all-star game. We got the all-star game, but like the final send off the playoffs and like the, the Lakers were going to win this year. And it would have been like beautiful. Yeah, the Lakers. And they would have like that Larry O'Brien patch on their Jersey, which I always love. It makes the game feel bigger. And they would also have like a 24, eight patch and like a Gia yeah. patch. Oh, it would have been great. Sorry. It really would have been to Vanderpump. Back to Vanderpump. You make a great point. Can I jump ahead in your, your points in the rundown, which I didn't even think of. Sure. Yeah. Vegas too hot in July. Like Vegas in July. I've been to Vegas in July. You cannot breathe. You. It's so fucking hot outside. It is. There was, I also saw on Instagram a shot of Katie by the pool at Caesars and there was no one at the pool. And I was like, yeah, it probably Mm. was 113 degrees that day at like 7 p.m. And no one wanted to be outside. So hot. That's a hard no for me. I have, I have strong, hot Vegas takes because here's the thing is like, as a New Yorker, and I've adopted New York, Massachusetts, as a New Yorker, I refuse to kind of wear like open toed sandals or like flip flops or slides. I've loosened mm-hmm. up this policy over the years. Like ever? They, yeah, I just don't own them. Like I don't I don't have them. But I've loosened up the policy now because it's stupid not to. Because you end up yeah. like I like go to the pool and I like take my sneakers off and put them next to where I'm sitting or whatever. And just walking on like the sun-baked like poolside stuff is so no. hot. And you get in the pool and you cool off. And the second you get out of the pool, all of the coolness is gone, all of the water is dry, and the walk back to just get the bottom of your feet off the floor is excruciating. It is absolutely excruciating. Awful. Also, even hot sand at the beach. Like if you're walking across yeah. the beach, I'm like, a, it's really hot. Also, your sneakers could easily get messed up. It's just, and then what you put your wet feet back into your sneakers now. It's that's a no, Jacoby. I'm Listen. glad I'm glad you've stopped doing that. But when I when I saw oh, but that they wait, went wait, 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 to- wait. Just pause for a second. I don't carry yeah. a purse. 
sneakers great spot for like the credit cards the key Jeez, to the room yeah. and like the cash it's just like <laughs> you put in the toes you put a towel on top of the sneakers like it does have like a dual functionality in my defense last summer i took to wearing my um adidas slides all over manhattan and it was just really comfortable there's no come once you like reach that level of comfort there's no coming back from it you know so julia what? one thing's very important to this program is like sort of theme events like they don't have just like regular get-togethers it's always a theme but like i didn't really understand what they were going for with this wedding well, everyone had a different theme. Everyone was wearing, playing a different character. It was just sort of like, it was, just, it was a classic Halloween. Sandoval. It was dressed it was Halloween. up. Yeah. But Sandoval yeah. had his extra, extra self thing, which is a little bit more on brand for him. But this was just kind of like Halloween. Like everyone gets to like pick a song out of the playlist and, and it's also, your turn now. Stassi dressed up as like a hot nun. It's like last I checked, nuns do not marry people, Stassi. Like I understand like you're into like Catholic Gothic oh, miss, 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 I can't discuss the Easter bunny, which is a fictional non-existent bunny that lays eggs. And now you're going to go in on nuns and be like, you know what? I know what the jurisdiction in the church of nuns is. Let me tell you, audience. Is that really what you're doing right now? Have you ever seen a movie in which a nun marries anyone? No. But if it was a thing, it would happen. Mean, I've seen movies where aliens come from the sky that look like cars and turn into robots and Shia LaBeouf kills them. That doesn't Listen. mean that that happens in real life. I've seen Sister Act and Sister Act 2, and those nuns did not marry anyone. Okay? Lauren Hill, Sister Act 2. Peak Lauren Hill. Really, so just, good. Lauren oh, Hill, God. Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's amazing. Joyful, Lauren, joyful is God, so good. Lauren Hill, was, when she, like, her peak was so high. So, so high. high. And the lows have been so low. It's kind of like living during quarantine. So highs, high highs and low have, lows. Have they been? Or is she just like, I'm super happy. I get royalty checks every Monday in my mailbox. And I don't talk to anybody. Welcome to my quarantine, everyone. I've been doing this for 10 years. You're welcome. <laughs> she kind of has been. I, I don't know. But yes, she was great. And in that movie, there was no marriages by nuns. I'm just saying, Stassi, I've got some questions. Of all of, of, all of the roles you could have played... What about playing a female pope or something? I just, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Anyway, I agree with you. Don't you there dare was not slander a- Stassi like this. I'm, you know what? Kind of edit this out. This is this what? isn't Juliet's real self. Don't <laughs> you don't, don't 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 hold a microphone to your mouth and negatively discuss Stassi Schroeder like that. What's Bo's last I name? I love Stassi. Bo's Bo Clark. Oh, Stassi Clark. That's not a bad one. You can do it's worse. Good. I think Stassi Schroeder is a really good name, though. Um, Thanks for bringing it up, Bo. Bo staged for the cameras calling Stassi's dad to ask for permission. And yet, he was still so nervous. Yeah, that probably was staged. I kind of felt for that one. Uh No, it's definitely. Come on. He he did seem really nervous, though. Maybe it wasn't staged, but he was like, okay, I'll do it right now when the cameras are here. Yeah, over the second time. A lot of time, it's like take two. You get like, sometimes you can tell that like a couple has had a fight. There was a real fight, but they have to like reenact the real fight for the cameras. Like they'll tell their producers like, oh, we got into it last night about blah, blah, blah. And they're like, cool. Do that again at four o'clock tomorrow in a well-lit area. So got it. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, On that note, let's talk about the guest list for this wedding. Lala and Rand, who got there a day early. And like, I just have to say, Rand has such a great spirit. He seems fun. He seems positive. He's just a huge addition to the group. I love Rand. I love, you know what? I think you're right. I think it's easy to look <laughs> at Rand and be like, yeah, um, what does he produce? Where does this opulence come from? Like, it seems like he's got some sort of like tacit prostitution relationship with his fiance. Like, this is just a little weird. And I, I don't mean any disrespect to the great sober Lala. Like, she is the one who gave me this idea. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, she openly speaks about the sort of give and take that their relationship has. And then you're like, where's the money from? And like, you know, you look at him and he's not, he's not exactly like LA fit, 
we can say no. And then, but then, like when you kind of hang with him a little bit, like he's a positron. He's, he's a clubhouse totally guy. A positron. He's a clubhouse yeah, he, guy. Yeah. Yes, he absolutely is. I really like having him in the group. I understand why he was invited to this wedding. So we got Lala and Rand. We got Jax and Brittany. Jax post wedding, he has like no interest in anything, and his hair looks so bad. But just thrown out there, yeah, Lala I Rand. Think you're allowed to. It's true. You got to like go back to homeostasis. Tom and Ariana, obviously. Lisa and Ken. Lisa's Vegas looks were amazing. I loved all oh, of her that fashion. green dress. Oof, she's. I understand what Brett was so into um, with the shoulder pads and like when yeah. she was at the cocktail garden. Yes, all of her looks were fantastic. And then the other person at the wedding, fucking Max, the the manager of Tom Tom. Like, how did Max get the invite to this wedding, but Kristen and Sheena did not. Well, Lala at one point was like, Maxie, I feel like you're really part of the crew. And she was also like, that was her way of saying like, what are you doing here? Like, (laughs) I feel like you're really part of the crew because I didn't expect you to be here. And you're not really part of the crew, which is why I'm saying this out loud. It's super weird that he was there. I don't get it. I mean, whatever. Julia, like, (sighs) I mean, I get it. It's for the show. But like all the people filming a reality television show and they need to film a scene where we tell us that the the whole like reason Max is there is very clear when in a conversation post wedding. Max is there in the in the grand scheme of things. Max is there to be the bridge to the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden that is the next spinoff show, and he does that by having a sleepover. We don't know what happened with a server named Kara who looked a lot like Sheena and. Lisa um, FaceTimed him the morning after the wedding to like see if he had paid a bill back at Tom Tom. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. It was, it was, it was like, guys, I just wish the producers and Lisa would get together and be like, you know what? This excuse isn't good enough. Let's come up with something else. Because she goes in a voiceover, not even to camera or to Ken. She was like, yeah, there was some stuff going on with Tom Tom where I need to check up on some liquor distributors. And I'm like, girl, it's, they got married on like a Saturday. So it's like Sunday morning. And you're checking up with Max about some liquor distributors that reached out to you of all people. Like, do you think she gets the invoices for like 60 handles of Tito's and like a, a couple bullet bourbons and like a Casamigos tequila? Like, that's not that's not the level of involvement that Lisa Vanderpump has in her restaurants. And she certainly doesn't reach out to the people that she delegated that to and then follow up with them on a Sunday morning in Vegas. When they're all hungover. And also, yeah, a hangover in Vegas is way worse than anywhere else because it's so dry. A desert hangover is the absolute worst. She really just needs to, uh, first of all, no such thing as a desert hangover in Vegas. You just drink all night and keep drinking and keep drinking, keep drinking. And then like drink one Gatorade and be like, I'm hydrated. I'm fine. And then you pass out in the plane and get hospitalized. That's usually how Vegas works. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. The whole thing was like ridiculous, but I liked it. I don't know. It, It was still fun. Who cares? It was fun because I mean, shout to Kara because I was thinking about her. And this is clearly like a setup scene. It was, you know, it was a good reveal. She's under the blanket and then she pops out. It's like, hey, I'm here. And I don't think that too many people were surprised or like felt like that was a genuine moment. But it does take a little chutzpah to say, oh, the first scene you want me to be in in this nationally televised show is to have a one night stand with a F boy who's barely established on the other show, which is established. She's just like, whatever you guys want. If I'm a producer, I'm like, that's a good person to cast. Like, do you yeah. want me to sort of shame myself and, and, and like air out all of Embarrass the my family. bad decisions I've made in episode one and I only get 15 seconds of screen time? Sure, I'm down. Yeah, she's like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm here for it. Why not? Just- is there a confirmed spinoff? No. It's just my 
my supposition. No, no, you did investigative journalism on this. No, I didn't. I just, that's what I think. No, you went there and talked to the bartender about it. Come on. I know your story's better than you. Did I do that? Are you I serious? I did go there. I did go there. Yeah. I mean, I went, but I wasn't like, are you guys having a spinoff? Did I do that? Yes. You asked the bartender about like the potential remember. of reality show being from there. And he was like, yeah, we're all kind of like, we, you know, like he, he was, was just kind of like, you're right. It's coming back yes. to me. You're right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Memory, not I, my strong suit either. Recall is like not my thing. It's more <laughs> your thing. And then I put my drink into it in a to-go cup and walked around the casino by myself. Right. That's yes. how it happened. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, anyway, Kara will definitely be on that spinoff. And I have to say, it's a lovely place. And the why, the why there's not more reality in Vegas, I don't know. It's a great place for reality shows. Um, but hmm. it was great. I, I will say this was like Lisa's best oh, we episode had that, of We had that rehab show. Remember that rehab show? That was pretty good. The Hard Rock Pool. That one wasn't bad. Because there's a lot of action there. But like, uh, there's always like one really good, like the bouncers have to talk to this guy who's on like all the drugs and he's just freaking out and it takes like seven bouncers to drag him into an ambulance. It was like every episode they had that one guy. It was great. They also have a Jersey Shore family vacation where they went to Vegas, obviously. And, you know, we could do more in Vegas. I'm just, and then obviously the two real worlds in Las Vegas were both fantastic. Oh, I mean, two of the top 10, two of the top five. Yeah, they're both fantastic. I mean, they're both great. So they one gave us Nani, the other gave us Alton. So, you know, we have so much to be thankful for. Oh, and who's my guy? Skinny white guy in the second one that like got too drunk and got kicked off in like the hotel game. Adam Royer. Yeah, Adam Royer. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, not, Nani's original bad challenge boyfriend or bad TV boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, top episode for Lisa. She looked hot and Brett is like really into her. Like it's not a joke. Brett like wants to have sex with Lisa. I understand. It's like, it's very Freudian. The like Schwartz, Sandoval, Jax, like Brett, Lisa thing. It's, it's, it's just like, it's just Oedipal. It's basically just Oedipal. It's Oedipus yeah. complex. Brett said he has mommy issues. Yeah. It, but all of them, like, and also like, she's just the queen bee. You know, she's, she's the queen hot. bee of the hive. She, she looks great they, still. They all leave the hive and go collect pollen and bring it back to her. Not because they want to, because they're hardwired to do that for her. Like she holds the ultimate power. She is the God of, of this universe. Totally. And it, it makes sense. And she told Ken, she told Ken that she was flirting with Brett and Ken had a great response. He said, I'm not jealous of Brett. You must be joking. I in his it. British accent. It was amazing. A standout episode it. for Ken and Lisa. Ken, Ken is just like, his uh, usage rate is very low, but he shoots like 100% from the floor. Like everything Ken says, like remember, I remember last season, I remember, I think it was James or something, like he got mad. Like yeah, Ken got, got visibly pissed. mad. Pissed. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa, Ken, like he's got, he like does more than just hold whatever dog is the flavor of the month right now. You know what I mean? Like he's basically like, like a leash for the dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just carries Lisa's dog and pays for things. But like he does have like there is a reason that he has all this money and he has such a successful and hot wife and he's not threatened by Brett. And the idea that one would think he is threatened by Brett is so insulting to him that he scoffs at it, (laughs) which is the biggest boss move. I love it so much from Ken. I'm glad you brought this up because one thing I was thinking about is like Ken must be so comfortable in who he is and like in his riches that he doesn't care that his wife's name is the name of the empire. It's all Vanderpump stuff and it's not his name. And I was just like, shout out to Ken. He just is, he supports his wife. It's good for everyone. Equal opportunity. He just seems like a really comfortable man. 
If you get, I think you just get like, I'm feeling it now. You're younger than me. Like I'm 42. Um, okay. Shout out to my birthday again. And uh, like, I just feel just general fatigue all the time, you know? Well, you're, so you've three, you've three little kids. Yeah. And, and Ken's got kids. Ken's been doing this a long time. Ken and Lisa partied. Like Ken and Lisa yes. had like a decade long drug phase where they just went to nightclubs like four nights a week and had a bunch of friends. They've peaked and been past it. And Ken is like, Brett, that's not, he's, I think that he would be a little threatened by a contemporary mm. or a peer or mm. an actual potential person that like, like this, that he could see Lisa spending time with and enjoying company more than his. But like, I think Brett, he's like, Brett like, this is like, this is, it's not apples and oranges. It's like a lobster tail and a, and a grapefruit. It's just like, <laughs> like, this is like, there's just, this isn't the same. So that doesn't, but if it's like a lobster tail and like, like, you know, crab legs, that's a little bit more of a threat. Sure. Same, same crustacean family. Or exactly. shellfish, whatever. Um, that's Same very thing. very wise. Also, I just want to note, Lisa and Ken used to own nightclubs and were like part of like the hip scene of London you for a long time. Don't say. You yeah. don't say. Yeah. So don't you're correct. Um, let's just chat about the people who were back in LA. Brett, we mentioned him. He's now dating Dana all of a sudden. Bad look for both of them. Um, but okay. I was so high on Dana, like episode two. You know what Same. I mean? Like it's all been downhill was, for Dana. She was mean. She was funny. She seemed somewhat in control in her relationship with Max. And then Max cheats on her. She convinces herself that Max didn't cheat on her because two restaurants have the same name in the same city. And then she immediately goes from being like absolutely obsessed with Max, her colleague, to absolutely obsessed with Brett, her colleague. And it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, girl, like, oof, oh man, like you went, you went from like stock rising to just stay away. Maybe you don't come back next season in my mind so fast. Yeah. Also, I want to ask you a question about Brett. So Brett was saying that he, he was being trained to be a bartender by max and he's currently a server at sir. What do you, is it a demotion or a promotion to go from server at sir to bartender at Tom Tom promotion? There okay. are fewer bartenders okay. and bartenders tip turnaround is much quicker like you're end up you're going to end up averaging like 20% a table whoever knows how many tables a night but if you're at the bar you're you're just so many more transactions cash, I think cash coming at you yeah and and you're probably splitting it with whomever so you don't feel like that much pressure or you don't have to like be competitive about it it's just like a better gig in general and also if you're Brett the more female faces you see bartending you're on a stage like people forget so this like it's bartending for showmen it is like you're on a stage you're on like you have to be you can't just be like a pissed off bartender in a bad mood like it doesn't work like that like you have to be you set the tone you have to be there for everybody and one thing i do feel about bartenders because i do like to go to bars and i talk to bartenders a lot you're the friendliest patron i know ever i am very friendly i tip very well shout out to jalen rose who taught me that and a lot of attractive female bartenders like there's very few jobs right where like if someone's interested in you, they can just pop up at your job whenever they want and stay there. You know, like it's like it's imagine, kind of not imagine, fair. You gotta protect bartenders like, a little bit more. Imagine there's like a dude that like listens to this podcast and loves it, but like sits in your office two times a week for four hours and like it's just like sips a vodka soda slowly and stares at you the whole time. Like that's creepy, you know? <laughs> yes. Super You're creepy. so like open to the public. But to answer your question, yes, it is, it is a um it. It is definitely a promotion because it, it takes more skill. It just takes more skill. Not, okay. you know, you're, you're not, you're not flying to the moon, but like 
it does take more skill than just taking order, writing it down, putting it into a POS, and then just taking the food to the table. So Dana was found someone on the rise. Okay. I wasn't sure if I should be commending Brett or making fun of Brett, but you've convinced me. I should be commending him. Good job, man. I love Brett. I think Brett's a lot more attractive than you do. Yeah. Although I liked him in this episode. For some reason, everything was working for me this episode. Maybe I was just in a good mood. Who knows? Did you did you <laughs> hear the say? one thing that Dana said while like they were out, which absolutely blew my mind? Um, no. She was out with Brett. I might just be making this up because it's true for me and Brett, but she was like, a lot of the oh. people in here, you're the hottest yes. person I've ever seen. And I was just like, what? What? Like, <laughs> it's a weird I, I, thing to say. I'm it's like, a weird brain, thing to say. However, I did not know how to process it. Please, please process that comment for me. Her motivation for making it, whether or not she feels it, whether or not the people in that room have ever seen, I don't know, a screen or a picture before or have internet connections. I'm going to speak from personal experience okay. and the, the hottest person I've ever seen. And thank you very is- much. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You didn't have to say it. <laughs> I really, really appreciate you saying that to everybody on this podcast. That's why I wanted us to do a zoom to do this pod so that I could look at your <laughs> yes. face. Yes. I'm definitely the hottest person you've seen in the last four days. <laughs> I did like go outside today when I'm on the street now, I just want to talk to like literally everyone. I say hi to every person and like, I'm like wearing a mask. So they can't tell that I'm smiling. So I'll just like be looking at someone like waiting for them to notice that I'm smiling, but I'm just wearing a mask. <laughs> you're just like walking in the streets just trying to start small talk with people we literally yes. we've all been trained by the government to not engage with strangers yes but i'm just like everyone talk to me anyway when dana said that to brett of course my mind where did it go it went to tyler cameron who is the hottest person most people person i've ever seen and i like think about frequently how that's the most attractive person I've ever been around. So like, I understood where she was coming from. I would only say that on a podcast talking about Tyler, not to Tyler's face. While you guys are out at like a nightclub, just surveying the scene, being like, look at all those faces, Tyler. You see all those faces? Do you know why their eyes are fixated on you? Because you're the hottest person on the planet. Here's one thing that both you and Dana and everyone listening to this really needs to recognize. And it's, it's something that's been said like since the, the dawn of mankind. I know what it is because I was going to say the same thing. It's not a winning strategy. No, no, uh-huh. no, no. God, I would, I, I would hate to date. You have to like strategize. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is, it's, beauty is subjective. Attractiveness is oh. subjective. It's com- oh. beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's what sense. It's like the beginning of English language. There, no, no, but just like all other things. There are, I mean, there are some. There's, there's more agreement in some points than others. But like honestly, like. If someone said, if like, if, Brett, if someone said to Brett, you're the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life. I'd be like, that's really, you have to say to you, you know? Like, I don't agree you. with that. I, I don't. Attraction is subjective. Like what, like what you find beautiful in like a deep sense, that's subjective. But like, there's objective beauty, like Brad Pitt. Like he's objectively beautiful. Juliet, I don't know if you realize this, but we've <laughs> literally ran this exact experiment <laughs> with Sandoval and Schwartz. And we've yeah. proven this to not be the case. So that's welcome. not true. You're, you're the argument. only one welcome to losing yeah. this argument and backing yourself into a corner and not being able to get out. Cause I will, I will forward you your own Instagram post. No, you are wrong. You're like the only one you just, you were wrong. So you're harping on this, whatever we can move on. It was a weird thing for Dana to say. Very strange, but I think the Brett, whatever he, I think he just likes the compliments. So 
good luck to them. I'm sort of enjoying it as a plot point. So at least there's that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Sheena real quick. Sheena's egg retrieval has been like mentioned on so many episodes. Her only storyline. It's her only storyline. But nine is like a lot. You don't really have to do IVF. You don't have to do an egg retrieval again if you get nine. That's just all I want to say. Oh, so that's like that's like a like a putting up fifteen in an NBA game. It's like that's yeah, a, that's it's good. good it's like Sheena, you have nine eggs. Like that's are you gonna have nine kids? Probably not. So like you're good. I don't know why she did it a second time, but whatever. Yeah. You can't. But um, if Sheena was like, I plan on having twelve children, would you really be surprised? In the back no. of my mind, I'd be like, you're gonna have twelve children by four dudes. She probably is like, yes. She probably is inspired by Octomom. She was like, yes, I can get another TV show if I have at least eight kids. <laughs> I need a storyline because right now my storyline is harvesting eggs. Now, once these things come to roost. Oh, man. Going. Two, two more Vanderpump items. Uh, Danica, two of her exes have restraining orders against her, apparently. Do you think that's real? Yeah, I don't think you say that if it's not real. I mean, you can also like Google it, can't you? Like, isn't this public record or something? I don't know. I'm not a journalist. I talk about I talk about how hot Tom Sandoval is. I don't look at these things up. But I think it's public record, if that's the case. So I, so I would well. say that's probably not true. But she does have crazy eyes. Like, as much I do like Danica a lot. Me too. And I would, Good TV. If you asked if you asked me, like, who do you want to have a beer with? Like, she's up there. So like. She's not a complete lunatic. Like you would guess that, that Sheena would probably be more like Kristen would be number one and Sheena number two, Stasi number three in terms of um, exes. With orders. Orders. But when you have one, it's like, wow, that went weird. When I, when you have two, it's like, like you, you got look at problems. The, you got the yeah, common denominator the there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm across the table on somebody on like a Twitter date or what's it called? Tinder date. Tinder. And they're like, they're like, yeah, 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 one of my boyfriends has a restraining I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, he was he was nuts. I'm like, oh, okay, better for the doubt. But you're like, and then this other guy, Esteban, I'm like, wait a second, two guys like spent money on lawyers to get away from you? Uh, I don't know. You Not are so flag. threatening to them that they spent money to keep you away. Spent money <laughs> yes. and committed it to the public record. <laughs> yes. Lastly, Raquel. This is the happiest I've seen Raquel in her entire life. She loves sober James. She also loves sex with sober James, most exactly. importantly. <laughs> and it was one so, of those, it was one of those things where it was like, you say what she said. You know what she said. Yeah, she she was like, I don't want to make it sound like we only had drunk sex or we weren't sure if it was gonna work or not, but the sex yeah. has been really good. It's been so good. It's not had- one of those drunk sex things where like I wonder if it's gonna work or not, which is also a byproduct of not just alcohol. Let me just say that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Well. James, he's a complicated fellow. Anyway, Raquel got probably the worst out of the week where um, she was like ordering a cheeseburger and she's like the one with the cheese. But Not fair. You know, she, Not fair. she's happy. I don't think that was fair. You know, because I feel like there was a cut there. You could tell there was a camera cut and she might have asked if like a salad with the cheese or something on the side. Like, I feel like there's editors being like, I don't like this person. I'm going to make her sound like she ordered a cheeseburger, the one with the cheese. Not fair. And they definitely don't like Raquel or James. I will say the shout to her for being a skinny blonde chick in Los Angeles and ordering a cheeseburger, you know? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That's probably why the waiter was probably so taken aback. The, the server yeah, was like, like, wait, I'm what? sorry. I'm sorry. What'd you, I'm sorry. Wait, what, 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 what'd you say? What'd you say? And, and then she had to say a hamburger, like the one with the cheese, though. It was, it was probably more of like a, a cultural, regional server thing. Cultural or regional? A, a Jalen and Jacoby staple. Don't That's forget right. to check out Jalen and Jacoby. Right? Oh, I have a I got a plug. Yeah. Do you it. Familiar, you're familiar with an ESPN project called The Last Dance? I sure am. Ten part Michael Jordan 
documentary focused on the 1997-98 season when they won their sixth title. Wes held the last dance. And after every episode, you can catch a special episode of Jalen Jacoby talking with the director and other special guests about that episode. Make sure you subscribe to Jalen Jacoby After Show, The Last Dance. Awesome. I will definitely do that. Let's talk sports. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor, Causebox. Before we talk more, I need to tell you about Causebox. It's a quarterly subscription box curated by women for women that is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Each Cause Box comes with six to eight full-size products. You get everything from skincare to jewelry to homewares and accessories. The last four boxes sold out within days, which I can believe because you get over $250 worth of products for only $50. Your box is shipped right to your door for free, and opening it makes you feel like you got yourself a huge surprise box of gifts. Cause Box is also a perfect gift for your mom, your sister, or your friends. I just got my first Cause Box, and I have to tell you, I love it. It came with this really cool laptop case slash organizer, a really great bag for the gym, an insulated cup that you could use for wine or coffee, all this great stuff. I'm, I'm really into it and genuinely excited to use all of those things. Also, it had three pairs of stud earrings, just great stuff. Causebox also comes with an exclusive magazine that tells the story and mission behind each of the products in the box so you know what you're dealing with. If you are interested, I have an exclusive discount for you. Go to causebox.com slash bachelor and use the code bachelor to get your first box for 30% off. That means you can get your first box of over $250 worth of stuff for less than $39. Plus, there's free shipping. That's causebox, C-A-U-S-E-B-O-X.com slash bachelor. Go check it out right now. You're going to love it. All right, let's talk about the only sport currently happening right now mm-hmm. in the world, the challenge. Oh, God. Sports, according to the challenge, now include a lot of explosions. That's like one of the main things I learned this week on the challenge. It's the pyrotechnic budget this year has been really something. And I just feel like there's like a guy named Jerry who's like, he looks like a roadie. He wears shorts in the winter. Like when CT's got a sure. fur jacket on, like, and he's just got like some black cargo pants that have turned gray because it's the same black cargo pants he's worn to every set in the last 10 years. He's got gray hair and a ponytail. Looks kind of like, uh, like uh, what's the name? Don Antle from the Tiger King. Doc Antle. Doc Antle. He has a, he has a vest with a lot of pockets too. And he, all those pockets are filled with different uh, pyrotechnic devices and, and, you know, ab- adapters and lighters and things like that. And, and like a, eventually, one of the, the showrunners of the challenge went to him and said, you know what? What was our budget last year for pyro? And he was like, $10. Yeah. He was like 200,000. He's like, what would you give us if we gave you half a million dollars? And he was like, say no more fam. Wait for it. You will <laughs> not really regret good, this decision. A really good 30 for 30. What if I told you that we had half a million dollars for pyrotechnics in the winter of the Czech Republic? It would be great. Who wouldn't watch that? Um, can we jump straight to the end? I want to talk about CT. Oh, sure. So, spoiler alert, it just goes without saying. Uh, CT threw himself into the elimination. I can never remember the name of these eliminations. Then it's like the proving round or something like that. Whatever. Mm. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I think it's an elimination, actually. <laughs> it has a name. It doesn't matter, though. CT throws himself in to go up against Jay. And it's like ostensibly a tr- uh, all about brawn and strength. And so everyone's like, oh, CT's going to blow him away. 
And it was clear from the edit that CT was going to lose. They were going so hard. I'm like, oh my God, CT's got this in the bag. That I You've watched like, a lot of challenge and so have I. Yeah. So like we've seen this trick before where it's just like yeah. bite after bite after bite about how CT is guaranteed to win. Like the second they did that like third bite in a row, I was like, oh, he lost. He lost, yeah. And I was so excited for CT to, to go into the elimination. They talk, They referenced how the last time he showed up in an elimination in Prague, it was when he wore Johnny as the backpack, which was kind of like this... Just an incredible moment in reality TV that I think many people remember or have heard of. And well, that it was, was, the, like, that was the, I'd say that was the challenge apex. Like that yeah. was the the Jordan flu game. The like just the challenge apex. It was when the challenge peaked as America's third most important sport. So it goes NBA, golf, challenge, baseball, NBA, football. NBA, high school ultimate frisbee, <laughs> challenge, football. I saw a guy just practicing throwing frisbees by himself. Like he wasn't throwing to anyone, just throwing them by himself. Like he was practicing for ultimate. He was like middle-aged. I take quarantine jogs and there's this one little park park I go through where people kind of go to work out and get out of the house. And there was this couple, they were clearly like a frisbee couple. Oh my God. <laughs> so they were like way into it. They both had t-shirts that referenced ultimate frisbee and the way they were throwing frisbees to each other was like, it's like, it's like uh, watching a, uh, it was just like watching people speak another language. It was like, I don't, that's, I do not understand what's happening here. That's kind of sweet. This was not, this was just weird. I was at like, it was like at Pelham Bay Park in the Bronx and he was just like throwing frisbees by himself in a field. It was really weird. Running and catching him. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> Anyway, CT blew it. Like everyone thought he had it in the bag and it was clear even without the editing that CT like uh, he he underthink, he underthink it. Like what's the opposite of an overthink? An underthink? That's what it was. Underthink. Yeah. And I was really disappointed. I really like CT got to the end of the last season almost like by accident and because like he was on the the UK team. Um mm. and I just like really wanted more. I wanted I wanted like CT to like still have that that's something. And he does, he doesn't. It's a bummer. Well, CT kind of reminds me of Ken a little bit. He's just kind of mm. over it. He's just there yeah. for the money. He's just kind of like, here he just, for the hang here. But there's something that was very telling about tonight's episode. After CT lost, mm-hmm. when he walked out of frame, he did not walk like someone who was ready for a physical challenge. He walked like someone who. <laughs> He's bulky. Kind of, He's He's no, it's not just that. Like he limps and he was like, he was just off. It was just like, it seemed like those 40 minutes he spent in that challenge just took way too much out of him. Another thing, when I saw that challenge, I thought about it. And the first thing I thought, and I was like, before I start running around and moving all this stuff, like, let me come up with a strategy. Yeah. You know, and it would have a lot to do with ropes and chains and not so much to do with cinder blocks. If you put down a cinder block in front of a door, how do you, how do you, if someone puts a cinder block in front of a door and it's like, Juliet, what are you going to do now? What do you do? You move it. Move it. Thank you very much. Pick it up and move it. But if you see an intricate pattern of ropes and knots and chains and different sizes and loops, it's a lot more like brain teasy to get yeah. through. It made me think that what I would approach this mentally instead of physically, especially if I was Jay, which Jay didn't even do because CT's old and washed just like I am. And he got tired. That's why he got tie tie. That's what happened. He got tie tie. Yeah, he got tie tie. And he like yeah. he, he had pulled the ropes a little bit harder, a little bit faster. He he would have won, but he just yeah. he gassed out, as they say. He was literally d- double Jay's size. But Jay said something that like really hit, it struck a chord with me. Jay was like, I grew up watching him on TV. And I said aloud mm. to myself, so did I which prompted me to look up when the real world Paris was. And it was in, it was in uh, 2003. So CT was on the real world 
18 or filmed 18 years ago. Like he has literally been doing this for two decades. Real world Paris. They had that. The hot girl who went on to do Mallory. Yes. Very yeah, much. When she, she went sports. on to do sports illustrated. Yes. And didn't they, or that was London that had the rock and roll guy that bit his own tongue off. Right. Yes. His name was, was like a Colin local. or something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no. Um, Paris was Adam who CT Adam. has fought with. Uh, Ace. Not, not the same Adam from Vegas. But no, different Adam. Equally, equally legendary. This is Stanford Adam. It was Adam, CT, Mallory, Ace. This woman, Leah, who kind of oh, sucked. Yeah, Ace. She was a big deal. He was a big deal. That guy, yeah. Simon, um, who I think was British. And then someone named Christina, who I don't really remember. And it was a bang up season. But anyway, yeah. he's been on TV a really long time. And Jay is Jay is like was like five when uh, CT was on the channel is on real world. Like it's kind of nuts. Do you know what my six-year-old son is not watching? Reality <laughs> TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's not like dad, dad, crazy this year. You need, you need a red skull before you, you run TJ's final. It's crazy. <laughs> I have another strategy thing, but one second, I need to mention this while we're taking a trip down uh, real world memory lane. Remember Dan from real world, Miami who yelled at Melissa for reading his letter. Course. You bitch, you read my letter. Of course. Dan is, is now a nurse and he lives in Kansas, but he volunteered and he is working as a nurse, a volunteer nurse in the Bronx and documenting it on Instagram. And it's like really moving and powerful. He's doing like really intense work and he's like staying here in a hotel, being bussed up to the Bronx every day. And it's wild. It's like Dan from Real World Miami is now like one of these frontline heroes who volunteered to go wow. to the epicenter. Yeah. Isn't that he crazy? Didn't, he, he didn't give me that vibe, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, give me the vibe of like a lifesaver type, but you know, well, we've all evolved over the, over the years. Yeah. It's pretty, check him out on Instagram, Dan Renzi. Okay. Back to strategy. So I have a theory that I'd like to share with you. Of course. I think a rookie is going to win this season because I don't think the vets have really processed what it means to have to go into the elimination now. And I don't think that any of them are being proactive enough to get into the, get their skull like right now. And I, I just, you do. All right. Prove me wrong. I'll tell you why. I think that they have overvalued the red skull. Mm. Because if you, if you game this out there, how many, how many male and how many female eliminations, right? Nine a piece. Yeah. Something nine like a piece. There's like 26 people in the house. So you could say 13, but it won't be 13. It'll be like nine or 10. Right. So you got nine or 10 opportunities. And let's say when you get down to the end, like CT is so worried about, Oh, you're going to go up against stronger players later. Well, guess what? You're a strong player. It's going to be a coin flip. All you need is just to game yourself around long enough to get enough screen time. Number one, get enough screen time to make an impression, get invited back again to get that like baseline money. Okay. Number okay. two, it's just a coin flip. It's it, you saw tonight, like it was a challenge that I'm sure everybody there and all the producers thought that CT would win, but he lost. It just turns into a coin flip. You just have to win one coin flip. I would rather have my coin flip moment later in the season than earlier in the season, because as we learned tonight, CT volunteered himself because he was going up against the weakest competition. And I think that that was influenced by D's reluctance to do the same thing in the previous week. Interesting. Like, so D kind of like set this into motion, huh? I just, yes, because I, just I think Aaron think- is, Aaron is truly, truly weak. She's there because she's attractive, yeah. but like Jay, as we've seen, he's, he can be a little wily physically. Yes. Like he actually is good. 
I just think that like some of these players, though, it's more than a coin flip. Like Jordan is one of the best living athletes. He is incredible. I think he's underperforming so far. And to be honest, he's disappointed me. I was really expecting more. I'm hoping to get more. He was not on the show this week. He was not no. on the show this week. He's he's being overshadowed both athletically and in terms of storyline. So like Jordan, get your act together, man. But I yeah, just get think, in a like, fight with your girl, man. We know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a great reality TV consultant, like a Serrano de Bergerac type. Yeah. You know, just be yeah. like, listen, man, you're not in this episode. What you need to do is call your girlfriend a bitch right now. Yeah. Get into a fight. Pull a Tom Schwartz. Tell her that she's like ruining your night or something like you've that. Ever seen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. But I just, I think for some of them who like someone like Jordan and maybe like Fessy, who I researched the college football player, he seems like he's very sweet. I just think that they could be doing more. But another thing I thought was really interesting this week was, uh, CT calling out Bailey and swaggy being like, I don't know if I can trust you. You're big brother people. And I really love that. Like meta, like big brother versus yeah. challenge versus whatever. Yeah, because the challenge there's the challenge is just a pipeline to the Supreme Court justice. You know what I mean? Like it's like I mean, I mean come on. It's like I don't know if I can trust you guys. You seem to be stabbing each other in the back in that show. It's like uh how about see, that blanket? That blanket oh, that I'm so Bailey and Swaggy have. Well, first of all, this is just clear it's a clear indication that um it was not Swaggy's idea. Or maybe it was a gift. It could be a gift from Swaggy to Bailey. But I saw or, that blanket. Or like as this. one of their parents gave it to them. I know what, no, it's not. Do you know what this is, Juliet? A jokey joke? Nope. What? I know exactly what this is. Like, if I lose the first elimination, you're going to have to sleep under this blanket with my picture on it that is basically going to be a dick repellent. Oh, interesting. From your bed. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. See, you're you see, I'm I'm playing chess over here. You're still playing checkers. <laughs> like, oh, the parents can't. No, parents aren't giving you that. Parents are just like they don't even like the relationship. Like, you don't meet somebody on TV. Old Apparently school parents, Bailey's pregnant now. Like after the show, she's now pregnant. They're still together. Yeah, yeah, but probably with Swaggy's kid because other people couldn't get past that blanket. <laughs> because blankets, blankets play a role in all sexual encounters on television. It all goes yeah, down course, under the blanket. Cover. Yeah, I got to cover. It goes out under the blanket. So to get past that blanket and to still have sex with Bailey while looking at those pictures, that takes a, I mean, not that we don't have those type of individuals on this show, but that takes a lot. It's like, it's basically like a chastity belt, that kind, yes. same kind of thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and now I'm starting to think that maybe Swaggy did put it together. I the reason I said the parents is because I feel like parents like to use like Shutterfly and like get like pictures of like their grandkids and like put them yeah. on a mug, put them on a what on everything. So I don't I don't know why, but that was like just came to mind. But the blanket was really something. Your explanation is the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise, it's just so fucking weird. And like, why'd you travel with that to Prague? Because you have to remember, like, it is when you're just boyfriend and girlfriend, you have a relatively new relationship that was born on a reality show. So you had a showmance. So you know that your partner is susceptible to showmances. Right. It, it is, you know, it's, it's kind of like, a a, it's like licking all the M&Ms and then like leaving the room to go to the bathroom. It's like, I know you guys aren't going to, you know, it's like, <laughs> I do that all the time, by the way. <laughs> but I do feel, I do feel that that is more of a sex repellent blanket than a celebration of their relationship. And I just came up with that theory right now. And I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it's a really good one. I think you're I think you're correct. I'm I'm really impa- impressed. Um one thing I really did not understand this episode is why anyone cares about D. Like I don't mean that like, it sounds really mean, but like the fact that the like, the main love triangle we have right now centers around D, Rogan and Jay is just not something I saw coming. I'm just like I don't really care about any of those three. 
right. Well, I can retort that. Um, okay. D plays the physical card she's been dealt well, right? Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like the dresses and the tattoos and like the the makeup and stuff. She, so she she plays that well. She makes the most out of the, the physicality part, which we all know means nothing, but like whatever. But she's also got a good personality. She's funny. She's cognizant of everything's happened. She's observant and she's fun to be around. Um, is is she? I don't know. I, I don't. I just feel like you're really overrating D. I remember. I also I thought like her and Wes like had like an alliance at some point, which I thought would have like tainted her more. But it didn't. I'm just like, okay, D seems completely fine. I don't know why she's like this hot commodity. She was like, people were like upset that she went to the final. They were wrong. She did a good job and she won. But mm-hmm. like, I just don't understand the big deal about D. What's so good about D? Do you remember when Rogan was part of voting her in last season? Yes. She she that like lost her lost shit. Her mind. Like lost her absolute mind. And that, that shows to me that Jay might have watched CT in the challenge, but he definitely didn't watch D in the challenge last season. Maybe that was like concurrent with his survivor filming. So he like didn't catch up because uh D lost her mind. And I thought Jay- Rogan throwing her in, there was like some like it wasn't, I mean, it's not something you do to someone that you're like in a romantic relationship with, but like he had his own explanation and he wasn't completely yeah. out of left field with it. Yeah, it like it like he had he had a reason whether it was a good reason who can say but I just am like okay I didn't I wasn't expecting to be in a D Rogan J love triangle but I I just like I was rooting for CT but then by the end I was like you know what I'm happy for Jay he's really emotional he really wanted this he's pure of heart let's get some real competitors back in this game and I I don't know I'm like I'm okay, I'm happy that Jay won but what I wanted to ask you about um wait can I do a quick aside on Jay no yeah quick aside on Jay. Yeah. So I'm watching it and I forced my wife to watch it. She bailed out in the challenge like a long time ago. And yeah. um, I was like, you have to watch this with me tonight. She's fine. She's on her phone, whatever. She sees the JBCT at the end. She looks at him and her first words like, oh, he's cute. Who's he? <laughs> I was like, he's oh, cute. you know, I was like, he's huh, cute. I can see that. He's got yeah, a nice face. Cute. You know, yeah. he's got a nice little face. You know, he's young and sweet. Guy. He's sweet. He seems very pure. He's not like one of these devious, conniving people he's just like a pure for love of the game for love of reality tv like he's talking about like immunity idols for out here you know he just and I, I did like the way he held his own in that back and forth with um rogan too me too i i'm i'm definitely pro jay i'm in um but what i wanted to ask you is does it make sense to continually be throwing in someone who already has the red skull so that you are like resetting the playing field every time. So only like trying to go as long as possible. Only one person having the skull in the house. Cause right now it's still only Jay. So Julia, should they be tar- not, targeting him? Not a question. That's a statement of fact. Like yeah, but should- honestly, the best thing they could do is dump all the red skulls on one person and then beat that one person. At like now end. it should become like, it should become a strategy where like we're putting Jay in every single one. If he's gone, right. good. The red skulls are gone. And then that person who gets the red skull, we'll keep putting them back in. Right. And then hopefully it gets down to like four of us. Then we'll all just kind of just like two of us will make it. Right. Yeah. I guess that's kind of, that's like the best shot. I, I'm, I'm obviously still having a hard time processing these new rules. You know, I'm just talking it out with you in a safe space. As oh, we- I've game, I've gamed the whole thing. I've gamed the entire thing. I really Who's think that like, the rush the rush to get a finals win is just fool's gold. It really is mm-hmm. because I think if you got the red skull and that made you immune to another uh, elimination, right. It would make That'd be sense. Different. But like the idea that you can win and then lose and then be gone. So why are we rushing in now? You just need one red skull. It just takes one. 
just to get in. Yeah, I I guess you're right. Something something I really love about this show this season. And he did this a little bit before, but when TJ calls it running my final, (laughs) he's taking ownership. He's taking ownership over the final, like the way that the bachelor takes ownership over the dates. You know what I mean? It's like, TJ, this isn't your final, dude. You probably don't even know what country it's in. All right. They've got no details about it. They give you, they they send you an email the night before and they've got the cue cards right next to the camera. When you read what the final is like, this is not your final TJ, but God, I will never slander TJ into a microphone in my entire life. I love that. I'm going to for a second. I'm going to slander TJ and the show, but it's said with love. You know that TJ is doing less work than ever because the the voiceover pickups at the challenges where he's like explaining them are so obvious and egregious. And I'm just like, did he say nothing at all while they were out there? None of that audio is salvageable. Just like, okay. Whatever. Well, you know, um, our, your colleague Bill Simmons and I did uh, get the chance to Play a game of horse that was judged by TJ. And during that interaction, I asked him, I was like, when you explain the rules to these things, like how long is the back and forth? Like, how many follow-up questions do you get? Like, how long is this last? And he's like, You have no idea. Yeah, they because probably do ask a lot of questions. A lot of the time when I'm watching them, I'm like, can you punch a person in the face? You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of times it's like, and then you need to get past this line and they're there to stop you. I'm just like, well. I would probably just like knee someone in the nose and while they're bleeding on the ground, I would just walk across the line. Like what exactly are the rules? Because it probably takes about 45, 50 minutes to explain these things. And it's all convoluted and all over the place. You're right. Like, okay. Hey, here's two sentences, which basically get to the core of what the audience needs to know. So just do these in post. Uh, you're right. You're right. Okay. I take, I take it back. I'm sorry, TJ. I take it back. The other thing is that's like really evolved over the years. It's not about like getting to the final or getting to the finals. It's about running the final. Who do you want to run the final with? Run. Like the verb run is very popular. Yes. Now it's like, who do you want to run the final with? And that's like, that's like a new, a new invention of the last few years, but it just shows you it's, this is athletics. This is not just reality TV. But it's also stamina athletics. Like the, the yeah. CT day challenge was mm-hmm. not stamina athletics, but you're going to be running four or five miles in the final, maybe even longer, oh. probably like 10 miles in the More. final. Then you know what's going to happen? Like every two miles, you're going to be standing in front of some stupid puzzle. puzzle. Gonna, gonna, that's why you carry Juliet with you. You know what I mean? Like I would literally just just military carry you. I don't care how long it takes us to get those two miles because you'll save us time at that puzzle station. I've been uh, I've been like practicing trivia too. I I did a trivia night with friends on Monday for my friend Catherine's birthday. My team won, and then for the last like forty eight hours, me and a friend we have been playing like a trivia app, and like it's really we're both really competitive and like trying both trying to like play it cool. But when one of us loses, like we're very upset and like immediately starts a new game and I'm just really boning up on my puzzle work people. So if you need anyone for your, your team, think of me. Well, you've watched a lot of reality television and that's not how it works (laughs) at all. They're never like, who is the 35th president? That's not how that works. They do spelling bees though. I'm really good at spelling sometimes, but they'll be like, whose boob almost exploded during a challenge. Like that. Those are the ones you're going to need. Siobhan. Siobhan, there you go. You got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Javon's hair oh, always bothered me. It's just like, oh, what? it was awful. Early uh, days of extensions. It would be better now. People have figured that out. But Ashley is like the queen of the extensions. Her like long hair, kind of. It's just ridiculous. Just, but she never stops touching them. I know. It's gross. Probably because she's like, this is heavy. Like, it looks heavy when I just see it on yes. her head. The it's Ashley versus, versus like, Johnny. They don't shower a lot in there. And like, how is Ashley? Ashley's like, her whole thing against Johnny Bananas is like, everybody loves me. Sorry, no one likes you. And I was like, who are Ashley's close true. friends? Yeah. Uh, 
Remember the purple ladies? Did you watch that season? Yeah. I think Ashley was a purple lady. But like she's not in the alliance now. I don't know. I I don't know. I liked when Ashley was like, Johnny doesn't like me because I I've made more money than him. That's that's that legitimately a sick burn. Good job, Ashley. Yeah. I liked yeah, it. That was great. That was like Anderson Verishow going to sh- like Charles Barkley and being like, rings, baby. It's all rings. about the ring. It's <laughs> yeah. all about the rings. What do you have, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and really good stuff. Like, you know how many millions of dollars I've made going to Atlantic City strip, strip clubs hosted by Johnny Bananas? Like, Do you have any idea how lucrative this career has been for me? Because I guarantee you, if we looked at our tax returns, I'm doing much better than you. Shout out to Johnny Bananas. Shout out to Johnny Bananas, indeed. Um, Wes, on the topic of Johnny, Wes looked very small when he was talking to all the younger guys, like Fessy and whoever else was like, we're all voting for Johnny. And I, I was like, damn, Wes really like needs to bulk up compared to these dudes. My man's looking so short. I think, I think the gym and like working out to look good in front of a mirror is very much a, in your 20s game. You know what I mean? Yeah, you like, you think, give up in your 30s. You're like, I yeah, am when who you're I in your am, 30s, no you're like, you still go to the gym, but you don't yeah. go to the gym to get a six pack. You go to the gym to like fight age away. And to you know also I mean? like move, just to like move your body. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I think <laughs> that like Wes has reached that stage of his life where it's not about just have, looking the best with your shirt off. And uh, you know what? God bless him. I love and Wes. I, I, I like the Wes and Bananas Alliance. Unholy Alliance. Yeah, me too. The Unholy Alliance is fun. I've always been on Wes's side in these things, even though I have more love in my heart for bananas. I feel like Wes plays the game with more of sort of like a strategic mind. I'd like to go on a date with Wes. Like, I genuinely think it would be fun. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast (laughs) and you have Twitter.com, make sure that you let it be known that uh, Juliet Littman would like to go on a date with Wes Bergman. I would. Is he Jewish? Is Bergman Jewish? No, he's like looks Amish. There's no way that he's Jewish. He's got red hair. I probably shouldn't have asked that. But the, 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 come on, Berg is like the Berg. Like a uh, burger. Should I just, should I just back away? Should I back away from this? Two ends is usually German, so he's probably German. Oh, Bergman with two ends. Yeah, but I'm just huh. saying. I've always liked Wes, and he's not. He's he's uh he's given me what I want so far this season. I, I'm into it. I'm just happy they're both still here. I was worried we were going to lose one of them, but I need them to go a little bit longer. I don't know. I'm just like, I love the challenge. I woke up this morning and I watched it and I was like, this is a great day already. I love the challenge too. And you know, it's what's so funny is like to have my wife be so disinterested in it when she once loved it like I do. And, like, and for me to still be in it, I'm just like, I wonder what happened. Like, I wonder what happened in our lives where this diversions happened because to me, it's still exciting <laughs> and fun. And she's looking at like, who are these people? Like, why are they speaking in British accents? Like what's happening? Like, like, what I, is your wife would not like D she would be with me. She'd be like, why are we, why do we care about her? Who cares? I like D. I like D. <laughs> she's fine. No Jenna. This, this episode, Jenna, Nani and Kayla. I'm going to need more from them. Like, give me, give me some fire. Nani, we're, we're find gonna, a new boyfriend. We're going to get some. I mean, Kayla, yeah. Kayla getting mad. Kayla Kayla getting, when Nelson clearly told the truth about what Kayla yeah. told, like, you can, you know, there's, like, there's a certain level of reaction when someone lied about something you did that you have. But when you tell the truth about something that someone did and they react so passionately against it, it's like, it's almost like you're showing your true colors that you definitely lied. Definitely. Kayla, for sure. Yes. For sure. Great stuff. Um, I'm excited to continue to watch this show. Look, you know, there's just a lot more happening. I'm excited too. And before we wrap, I just want to mention this is a Zoom call. And is that a vacuum next to you? This? Yes. 
This is the microphone oh. stand. Oh, it's a microphone stand. That was a vacuum. That was a vacuum. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a microphone stand. Jacoby, this has been a delight. We will be checking you out on the Jalen and Jacoby last dance after show. Mm-hmm. And I will be texting you to see if we can have a properly socially distanced hello at some point. And what, in person? In person, yeah. I did my first one on with my birthday. Oh, you're their friend, yeah. Yeah, me you and Mike went st- on a bike ride. You have a stoop. You could stand at the stop, the top with your kids and wife, and I'll stand at the bottom. We can say hi to each other. Please. We'll build a whole day around it. Yes. It'll be an <laughs> Just entire a day. No, no, it'll be an entire day. We'll be like, Auntie Juliet's coming. Like, we got to make her a card. Let's make a sign <laughs> since we can't go near her. Like, we got to fill the day. That'll fill like two hours of the day. And then we'll get bored right. and want to like watch TV. I'm in. I, I, the weekend's wide open. Great. Well, how about you have your people talk to my people? Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much to Cosbox State Farm. Don't forget to go to the ringer.com slash WCK to donate to the World Central Kitchen. We'll be back next week to talk Vanderpump and Challenge and maybe a little Housewives. And of course, I'll be back on Monday night to talk Listen to Your Heart, the Bachelor spinoff, which is legitimately good and I really enjoyed. Do I have so, to watch this? I enjoyed it. You uh, you don't have to, but if you're like, if you like The Bachelor, like you'll definitely like this. It's Bachelor is meets it- Paradise meets like American Idol kind of. First episode, two hours, right? Yeah. Okay. I can do that. I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Just give it a shot. I liked it. All right. I will. Thank you for having me, Juliet. Always. Talk to you all very soon. <laughs> <laughs>